Silks, this is the Expecting Aerialist podcast. Now with the Digitant family of podcasts. How's it going, guys? Wonderful to have you with me today. Before we get started, in the show notes, there's a link Teacher Training Silks 1, June 24th and 25th, open for registration and applications. Uh, waive the $25 fee for this pre launch. You'll get a whopping $300 off because I am testing the format. There's my little bean in the back, testing the format and the textbook, etc. And we're going to do it hybrid, but two, per- two days in person in LA. And then we're going to have hybrid. Um, hybrid uh, lessons beforehand. All right, my friends, uh, and tons of stuff on my website, so check there. Today we have Cami Arbalus, which I get a um, I go to school on how to say her name at the very beginning of the podcast. She is a student of mine. I've, I've been teaching her silks since she was 18, and she's now graduated from college and is now 25. And um, the owner and the, the, the owner of um, a Yoga and Pole Collective online business and she is, uh, she's, she's schooling us on how Gen Z does it, basically. And it's awesome. Just a different mentality and a different sensibility when it comes to um, all things marketing and getting your name out there. And, you know, people like me, Gen X, we, we have to just kind of like run to catch up with with all of the technology but they you know they're growing up with it it's it's like part of them and um it's so interesting to talk about the differences in the generations and how we go about things all right my friends uh can't wait for you guys to hear this let's get started cammy how do you pronounce your last name um it's trees in spanish which is pronounced the spanish pronunciation is Arboles, so the accents on the A, so Arboles, but some people say Arboles. I don't really care either way, but like if we're being Arboles, so so Cami Arboles, Cami Arboles, yeah. (laughs) So this is Cami. I'm gonna try to say it Arboles, and (laughs) I've known her since she was how many years old? Like eighteen, maybe eighteen. And when I first started teaching her she was about to go into college she went to school at Yale and she was she started out as a neuroscience major right (laughs) yeah like biology (laughs) yeah so when I first started teaching you you were about to go into college and you had this awkward like take all summer go to school come for fall break or Christmas break and it was all chopped up and I saw you through that entire three years of college, and then the pandemic hit. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I want to go on a limb and say the time in your life that the pandemic hit was arguably the worst for any age. Uh, I, I think so. I really can't think of it being more <laughs> un- like, traumatic un- than it was. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, of course, I say that from a place of extreme privilege in that I obviously had my most of my degree had been finished by the time the pandemic hit and I had a safe home to go back to in L.A. with my family. So I don't know. I, it was good. It was good. It, it seemed like the worst thing ever when it was happening. But I'm really actually now very grateful that things shook out the way they did. Well, basically, the pandemic started March 2020, and she was in her for, uh, last semester of her senior year. So yes, she missed out on walking with her class right as she graduated. She missed out on all the all like the the fun stuff, basically, the stuff that yeah. I have a lot of fond memories of when I went to college. And then also. I remember, look, it's so interesting what I remember because I can't remember anything from this morning <laughs> at all or this week so many at details. all, but I, but like some of those details, especially as I podcast, like with different guests that I've known for a long time, like details from 20 years ago, will just jump into my mind. And I remember that Mommy. you had just, Mommy. what? Eat, Mom. I'm not eating. I'm, you're eating. I'm podcasting. <laughs> 
So what happened was because you were uh, had a little a little delayed, I actually made her breakfast before the podcast versus after the podcast. So she's she's happily eating. Um, okay. So I also remember that you got to be you got signed with my dance agency, but the New York office. Yes. Yes. Block. I signed to block because I was trying to be a singer. So I am musical theater. Like I did opera, I did musical theater, but they represent you all commercially all around. So it was just so, it's so different. I remember like my whole last year at Yale cause Yale was in Connecticut. So you just take the train to New York city. So if I had like a Friday where I didn't have classes I just hop on the train and I would go to auditions and just try and get myself seen because I wanted to be on Broadway and I wanted to do opera. And I just wanted to, have a career as a vocalist honestly in New York so I remember I I sang for one of the agents at Block and they were like oh we really like you let's take you um and then I signed with them and then a week later is the pandemic <laughs> so, so yeah yeah so the reason why I say that it's just so it was so devastating in a way not because you are right we are I'm in a place of privilege too I got to stay home with my bean but for you, you were on the precipice of a certain lifestyle and a certain life that you were going to go into, yes. and it all got disrupted, and you are no longer on that particular path. You're on a different path. But I exactly. think em emotionally, that probably wasn't super easy. It, was, it felt like the death of... I felt like that whole pandemic period, and I think just what... Because when that happened, I was like 22, and I think in your early 20s, I mean, I say this like, I'm 25 now, so it's not like I know everything, but I will say the person I was at 25 now is so different from the person I was at 22. And when you are in those formative years, things change so rapidly, your values shift so rapidly, what you think you might want for yourself shifts so rapidly. So I was like grieving a lot, I felt. And it, it was almost more salient than just grieving as if one person died it was like I was grieving a whole chapter of my life a whole version of myself that I wanted to be a whole experience a whole place like all contextualized together that I would never get back that was just ripped away from me really abruptly abruptly so it was definitely a very heavy emotional time because I was like what's next I risked so much to go for my dream I just want to be a singer I want to be on Broadway I want to perform all these things I want to be creative you're right it's like a certain lifestyle or a certain life path that I thought was really meant for me but now that I'm in this life path I'm like oh no this must be what's definitely really meant for me because <laughs> well, it's worked out so effortlessly yeah well and and we had talked about that too because I, I just thought of you so much during that time because, oh. <laughs> well, I, because I related to it, not yeah. because it was the worst thing in the world. Like people were dying, obviously, like yeah. there were way worse things in the world, but because I related to that, because when I decided at 23 to move to LA and become a dancer, that's exactly what I did. Mm -hmm. Like there was nothing getting way in my, of my yeah. dreams except for my own level of talent. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, so yeah. ready for that. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna go to New York and just yeah. do it, and nothing will get in my way. Oh, except the global pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> except that <laughs> small thing. <laughs> kind of got in the way. Oops. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I invited Cami on. This is obviously the expecting aerialist, but we talk about a lot of different topics. And one of the reasons why I had her on is because she has now created a business for herself around pole. Yeah. and having a very specific pole business. And um, she's also my aerial student. She was in class on Friday, and I get to, you know, she sometimes touches the fabric when she needs to. So, <laughs> but I thought I would have her on, too, because she has a very... Oh, what happened? Oh. Oh, you want to spin? You want to spin on that, on that fabric? She loves doing aerial, by the way. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. So, and Cami, to me, doesn't have a necessarily traditional path of all this when it comes to how she's come about it, um, her body type, honestly. And she's, no, I know. <laughs> she yeah. is the most uh, hourglass body I have ever seen. I don't understand how 
the size of her waist and the size of her hips are on the same person. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm just like, because I'm super, I've got a square myself. So it confuses me. Like, where are those organs going exactly? And then, uh, yeah, so, so Cammie kind of crosses our world. And I wanted to talk to her about all the things I just talked about. But if you would talk about, you know, go back in time to that pandemic and what you decided to do with your Instagram, with your body practice, everything, because it all shifted. Yeah, I'll definitely share. So as we just talked about, it was a huge period of mourning, grief, a life that I really wanted for myself was now that path at the time, that life path was not available to me. So I had to use my resources and my skills and uh, my passions to activate in some way. My aunt actually told me that verb. She was like, Cammie, just activate. You have everything you need. There's one of my favorite quotes that I like have on my phone background is this quote. It's like, nothing is missing. Look around you, give it form. And I think that's really inspiring because uh, I was just talking to my friend this morning who wanted to like start a business. And I was like, nothing's missing. Like you want to start a teaching business. You have your yoga teacher certification. You have people who love you who already like taking your class. You're good at design. You have a good eye for things. Like nothing's missing. Just give it form. Just make a flyer, start teaching a class, have 10 people sign up. Boom. Then you have the first class of your business started and then just figure it out step by step from there. So I think that's kind of the headspace I was in. I was like, I don't know really what's next. I know I have some skills and some passions and things that I enjoy doing. So let me just try and activate. So the first step of my activation was thinking like, okay, what did I used to go for, go to before for like a form of catharsis? It was always like singing and music. And I spent so much time in college training that, but I didn't feel super connected to that part of myself anymore because again, that life path was not available to me. So I thought, okay, what's another outlet I can maybe activate towards during this time I thought of course aerial circus like my favorite hobby like my so fun um but I was like I can't have an aerial rig in my house like I'm living in my parents house like there's no way it's possible but then I remembered I had taken some pole classes like at the beginning of senior year and I really really liked it and I love the way it made me feel um I think also growing up I this is my own personal journey but I never really grew up being proud of my body. Like I just, I felt like growing up, especially in high school, the standard of girls around me that were considered beautiful and popular were really tall, skinny, white girls. And I'm not any of those things. Like I'm a 5'1 Mexican girl. (laughs) So like, I just never grew up thinking that, or like leading with the fact that like, oh, my body is so sexy and beautiful and deserves to be seen. I instead would focus on other things like my intellect or doing really good in school or uh, just uh, singing in choir, like anything else other than like being proud of my body. But I love the way that pole dancing forced me to get out of that mindset and be like, actually, and same thing with aerial training too, and actually just view my body as like my ally. And like, actually doesn't matter what your body looks like. It matters what you feel like inside. And that you're able to do really incredible things and create beautiful shapes in your body and and express and tell a story with it. And so aerial training and pole dancing really taught me that. So I was like, well, if I can't install aerial silks in my house, maybe I can install a pole. So I bought a pole. I ordered one online and my aunt let me set it up in her living room. And then that was around, honestly, I think it's my three-year anniversary because I got it around April. I remember it arrived around April and I set it up. So during the pandemic, when I just didn't have any, I didn't really have any homework assignments to turn in because school was just on Zoom. So I would just go teach myself stuff on pole every day for hours, like hours. I was sore. I was bruised because I had um, Terry's amazing teaching uh, uh, knowledge in my back of my brain. Like I picked up some pole stuff pretty quickly just, you know, technical stuff, like being able to invert, of course, like the pain is different. The pain tolerance is different. It's different apparatus entirely, but I was able to get, catch on to some skills pretty quickly. And at the same time, Instagram was an amazing tool 
especially during the pandemic where we couldn't see people in real life, but we could see people via pixels on a screen. So I started connecting with the community there. I started following dancers I really admired. I would save their posts. I would try and teach myself tricks every day. So then I just started building a dance vocabulary on the pole. And then the major turning point for Instagram, I think for me was the day after my, so mind you, I did graduate, of course, like I finished all my course credits, I graduated. The graduation was on Zoom. It was like the weirdest day ever. I remember it was pouring rain in LA. It was so weird and sad. <laughs> like, I think my family just like, we ordered sushi and we watched the movie and then we watched my graduation on Zoom. And I was like, okay, I guess this is graduating Yale. Like, it was so, it was so weird, but, <laughs> but the next day they were going to ship me my cap and gown and it didn't even come in time. Like it came the, a day later. So I was like, oh my God, like, of course I wouldn't even graduate with my cap and gown. Like, of course. So the next day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like film a little pole dance in my cap and gown. And like, I did the little choreo. I climbed up the pole. I stripped the gown off. I threw the hat off and I was wearing my eight inch pleasers and a little like neon <laughs> outfit underneath. And I just posted it because I was like, whatever, like where the world might end. Like I might as well just be silly. Like nothing matters. And the caption was something like me 48 hours after receiving my Ivy League degree in the middle of a pandemic. Like it was just facts. So it was just what happened. And then I remember, I think at that point, my account was like on private because it was just my friends and family following it. And then people really liked the video. So they were like, can you please take your account off private? Cause I want to share this. It's so funny. And I was like, you know, sure. I have nothing to lose. And then sure enough, this video ended up going viral oh, it did. overnight. Yeah, this video went really viral. Like, like all these meme pages reposted it. Like even some like high fashion platforms reposted it because it kind of tugged at heartstrings everywhere, I feel like. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, and then from that, I went from like a thousand followers to like 15,000 followers, like in a couple days. And I found that a lot of these people following me were women like me that were... Um, interested in movement maybe they wanted to learn pole they wanted to get flexible they wanted to get stronger whatever it was so at the same time as this was going viral I um was teaching classes for free on Instagram live just because it was keeping me sane to just know that I could show up to Instagram live and teach a yoga class every day so I had this audience that wanted to learn I was teaching the classes then people started requesting things that like, we want to learn splits we want to learn how to get more flexible backs and so I started honestly developing curriculums for in yoga flexibility just around like whatever people wanted to learn and I was like dang I could probably sell this as a course so then I just activated I I didn't really have a plan I knew I had passions and I knew I had intention and authenticity behind what I was doing so I just like made an Instagram page for my course called the mind body spirit collective because I wanted it I didn't want it to be like yoga with Cami. I wanted it to be about more of a collective experience. So Mind Body Spirit Collective, MBS Collective. And then I just went on Canva. This was free. I made a little graphic saying, hey guys, I'm starting a 14-day program, an accountability group, $40. Uh, you'll get yoga class with me every day. We'll be in a group chat. I'll check in on you. I'll send you journaling exercises, like whatever. I was like, you know what? If, you know, if, even if 10 people sign up, even if 10 people sign up for this, I'll have $400. And that's more money that I've ever seen at one time at any point in my life. Like I was like, that'll just be amazing. <laughs> so I just launched it. And then I think like 50 or 60 people signed up and I was, oh, wow. I was shook because I just, that was it. It was just me offering what I was already doing. I just made a little page for it and made a little graphic. And I just decided, let me just test it out. Let me just see where it goes. So it was a hit. And I think people, it just fulfilled a need that wasn't available to people at the time. And then Another aspect of it was, again, like I um, wanted to create a space where people that I think a lot of the fitness wellness industry is sculpted by capitalism in a way that it is designed to capitalize off of women's insecurities. So a lot of advertising for wellness or fitness or just any type of movement class in general is, you know, uh, yoga for a flat tummy or start running to lose weight. Or it's like that you should be moving your body as like a means to an end. And usually to prescribe to some beauty standard that is 
probably going to just phase out in an inevitable amount of time. So I wanted to just create a space that was like the opposite of that. Like, no, like we will move our bodies and learn pole dancing or learn yoga because it literally just feels good. And it gives you something to look forward to. I think that's why I still love pole. Why I still love coming to Silk's class because it's like when you learn a new skill that you weren't able to before, it's not like, I'm not going to come to Silk's class because I want to like, lose weight and sculpt my body a certain way it's because no I love the feeling of like landing a drop that I was scared shitless to do just an hour before like I think it's like a sensation based approach to like moving your body and fitness and wellness that I just wanted to share that with other women like me because I think that's eventually what taught me to love movement is that it shouldn't feel like punishment it should just feel like something you're doing because it teaches you about yourself and it helps you have more self-confidence that's what pole and Ariel was to me so that's why I was so passionate about creating the space and I still am because I, I just think it's important especially yeah for people like me that I I never grew up thinking I was pretty I never grew up being proud of my body and now I am and I think that movement was a huge part of that so I think it's just introducing it in a way that is centers pleasure that centers enjoyment that centers like fun um, yeah, that's my long winded answer. Eventually the business <laughs> kept going. Cause I kept just using Instagram consistently. I kept posting. I I'm a very visual person. I love making videos. I love editing videos. I like taking pictures. So it's just, it was a fun, creative exercise for me. Um, and I think, and I don't think that's for everybody. Like some people hate posting on Instagram. I love it. I think it's just like my visual journal. So Cammy, before this business of poll, you were posting a lot about like Cammy likes to cook. Cammy likes to eat. Oh my god! Yes, yeah, yes, that was my other hobby. <laughs> yeah, cooking. So the one <laughs> yeah, thing I could say about no, I did. Uh, the one thing I can say about Cammy is that holy moly, she is really good at social media. So <laughs> no, I can say a lot of things about Cammy, but one of the things is she's really good at social media. And are you technically a young millennial or an older Gen Z? <laughs> I am a, actually Gen Z because I believe, you are. okay. Yeah. And I definitely think that there's, so a lot of my friends, so I'm 25, right? A lot of my close friends that are actually ages like 28 to 32 and the way they kind of think about Instagram and TikTok is really, really different from me. So oh, please explain like, what are the differences just from those couple years? It's, it's huge. It is a huge difference. Not everyone is like this. There's exceptions to the rule. I will say I had Instagram in my hand from the time that I had a phone. So I remember being in seventh grade, like posting on Instagram. Like I remember doing the filter, like from when I was like a ch literally child, like 12, 13, having formative things happening in my brain chemistry, it was with the phone in my hand. It was with Instagram in my hand. And somebody who's even just five, six years older than me, so who's like 30, 31, didn't necessarily have that or when they did they had that kind of conditioning with the app and Instagram in their hand from when they were like maybe 15 or like 16 17 so the majority of their middle school high school years were spent not on Instagram but think of all of your behaviors and the way you observe the world and interact with people like you pick up a lot of those skills during like from when you're 12 to 18 so just these shifts of growing up in this digital age, like four or five years makes a big difference. I find that a lot of my friends who are like maybe truly millennial, they don't want to get on TikTok no matter what. They really don't want to. Um, again, this is my experience. Maybe people disagree, but a lot of my friends that I think are a couple of years old don't want to get on TikTok or they just actually, no, I think end up using Instagram the same way a little bit, but it's definitely a different type of like, conditioning or like tendency to enjoy using the app like I've never questioned Instagram's role in my life because it I have just been a user of it since I had a phone so I don't know how to operate really without it <laughs> <laughs> you know it's hilarious as time goes and you know how like Facebook is like the boomers app yeah so when when your generation becomes old you're still going to be on Instagram. There's going to be like five generations of apps underneath it that come yeah. along. Yeah. Are you on Snapchat? 
I actually am not on Snapchat. So that's, I feel Snapchat is like younger than me. People that are younger than me used to, like my 13 year old cousin loves Snapchat. I just don't have a use for it really. Um, I think what has been ingrained in you, and I don't know if it's the same for everyone your age, and this is kind of a longer question, but it is so obvious to me that it is obvious to you that you should use it as a tool, that it is absolutely something that you can make an entire business, an entire like money-making empire from, and other people might not, that is not so obvious to them. It's obvious to me. Yeah. But it's not because it was ingrained in me. It was because I kind of looked around and like, what can I use the best? But for you, it's more ingrained because you had it since you were a child. Literally. Yeah. And I, but also I believe, and it would be so interesting to hear your perspective on this as like being, because correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the height of your professional dance career was like in the early 2000s. Is that correct? No, that was at the beginning of it. Okay. Actually, more more around 2010. Mm. More around 2010. So, like, I was working through that entire time. But, yeah, 2010 is when I was, like, booking my really, like, big name stuff. Yeah. So, like, here's what I think has shifted. Because, okay, 2010 is when you were booking the big stuff, like, in it as a professional dancer. 2010 was just, what was I? I was 12 years old in 2010. I just had the the phone in my hand and was just learning how to use Instagram. I think for creative professionals now, Instagram is like LinkedIn. I honestly think it yes. is it's like everything. It's LinkedIn. I get so many jobs just because the casting director or the director or the artist themselves will just DM me on Instagram. They'll follow and DM me and say, hey, are you available to do this? And it's because literally I'm visible on Instagram because I share my work on there and because I am intentional about what I post and when I post it and how it's like you can create your own identity for yourself like this is how I'm an artist and this is how I'm perceived I think in 2010 you couldn't I mean you could maybe do that to a very limited extent on Instagram but now the tools and resources for doing that are have proliferated so much so I think the difference between being a professional dancer aerialist and now versus 2010 is like in 2010, I'm, you probably had to just have, you know, show up at the rehearsal, have a great work ethic. People know your name, pass your name around. Oh yeah. Carrie's going to get the job. But now it's honestly like, Oh, like, let me show you this girl's profile I found. And then they DM it to the casting director. They DM it to whatever. And they see what you're about and they see your vibe. And it's pretty easy to get jobs that way too. I think that's yeah, I mean, it's like your portfolio just at the touch of anybody's finger. You know, you yeah. can see somebody's entire portfolio, whereas before you have to go in, you have to bring a book. Like, here's all my pictures. Yeah. But you know what? So there was that disadvantage in a way. But when I look at you guys, I feel like you guys are disadvantaged because mm-hmm. with with that, I'm not saying disadvantaged. And <laughs> again, we're all in a very privileged place to be honest and to be making money. So not in that, in that way, but in the way of, because of all that proliferation, it's also saturated. There's also less work. It's also crazy to get a job if you don't have that following and you have a really amazing body of work. So, so Cammie is kind of an example of a person who's like, okay, I, you know, I know what the hard parts are. Let me, let me try to play the game the best way the game can be played and, and, you know, capitalize on that. Here's my other question. I think you're going to say you haven't always been confident, but from the time I met you, you felt to me like you were a super confident young woman. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it, it did. I don't know if you were, it was just you're, you're like, um, you're an extrovert. You're not an introvert. That's part of it. But do you think that college experience really did it? Or do you think you already went into that college experience with that much confidence? And that's just your personality. I think part of it is my personality. I mean, I definitely have my moments where I feel really insecure uh, or feel like 
imposter syndrome a lot. I struggled with that a lot in college. I still struggle with it now, um, especially when it comes to like, I don't know, I just, I still struggle sometimes with calling myself a dancer because I just, that's not something I've ever really identified myself as until it, I don't know, it just showed up in my life. And then one thing led to another. And I guess one day I woke up and was like, oh, I guess I'm like a professional dancer, a professional pole dancer, a professional whatever. So I, and I feel like I, again, because I never really authorized myself to like call myself that I still feel a little weird. And I feel like I have a lot to learn. I mean, I always, always think I still have a lot more to learn, but I, I think again, like <laughs> part of it, and I'm realizing this, like maybe this year, because I definitely have noticed this past year of my life, um, that I, I do feel a lot more confident in myself. And I, think it came from just spending a lot of years like my most formative years of my life really feeling like again like I, ne I never really felt beautiful I never felt felt like a hot girl so <laughs> when I focus on other parts of myself like working really hard in school reading a lot trying to stay as curious as possible about so many different things that gave me the confidence that like no matter what I can always like rely on myself and the skills I've cultivated for myself and my passions and my hobbies to like get me excited about life I don't even know if it's that I feel confident I think I just generally feel excited about life and I think that probably comes off as confidence because I'm easily excitable and ex ex extroverted but if I can trace it down to one thing I think that's probably it and then also I think so much of confidence or feeling hot or feeling beautiful is like literally a mindset like it really is a mindset and I, there's a great interview of Lady Gaga that I watched the other day where she was talking about how kind of similar things like I grew up quite similar to Lady Gaga where she was like grew up in Catholic all-girls school like me and kind of always felt a little bit like an outsider and that she didn't quite fit in and then she just started being a little delusional kind of like fake it till you make it and then she says in the interview she's like I don't think I'm that much more special than anybody else I don't think I'm that different I don't think I'm that much more beautiful or she was just like I think I'm just the greatest con artist of all time and she said it kind of jokingly but I do think that there's a certain truth to that like you are ultimately what you say you are and so if I show up in the world every day like believing in myself and my abilities and my ability to learn new things and just be amenable and open to new experiences then other people will see that too but I really think it all starts with your own mind and whatever you tell yourself well, yeah. and that's what I always try to figure out with you, Cami, because now I see that you surround yourself with people that are of the same mind. Our friend Addie, same, same, same. Yeah. She is a boss as well as you at a young age. And yeah. to me, I'm like, I'm amazed because I didn't have that at your age. Mm -hmm. Or at least I didn't think I had that. Because when mm -hmm. you speak about listening, you would just think that you always believe that the sky's the limit. And it, it just makes me wonder if that was always in you, if that was from your family or because I would love to be able to teach that to other girls as I'm a teacher, I'm a mom. Yeah. You must see people your age who do not feel this way, that the sky's not the limit, that don't just activate. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it is your family. Your auntie was saying, just activate. Look at what's around you. Yeah. I don't know if that, if that vocabulary is being said to a lot of young girls. Yeah, it's true. And it's, you know, cool that you bring this up because I look at my upbringing and every step along the way, I'm so grateful to have had support. Like I did go to an all girls high school. I went to a Catholic all girls high school where we were taught, you know, like surround yourself with I oh my gosh the motto of my high school was actions not words so it was very like an action-based environment like if you want to create a change just like go and do it it doesn't need to be perfect you're gonna have mistakes along the way but just actions not words like be about the action same thing with what my aunt told me during the pandemic can we just activate you don't need to have a plan it doesn't need to be perfect and I also think this goes uh, back to like the programming that women have in our mind is like, and this is a study that's been proven so many times throughout psychology and like you can read articles about this in Harvard Business Review, whatever, but it's this common phenomenon that women 
will be far less likely than men to actually act upon a plan that they have because women think that in order for the plan to play out the way they want, it needs to be absolutely perfect. Whereas men will just be like, oh no, I have this crazy delusional idea and they'll just like go for it. And that just goes back to like programming that women have to be perfect or that you need to be like self-optimize your behaviors in a certain way so that you're not perceived as like, you know, for women, it, you we have to jump through a lot more hoops just in society and the way things are programmed to like achieve or expect certain adults that men don't have. So that's another thing, like I think I realized in high school, just being in that all female environment where I was able to, I, I think, develop this way of thinking and really believe in myself. No distraction. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. It was before it was, it was because you yeah. already, I already felt that from you when I first met you and you hadn't even gone to college yet. Um, yeah. I grew up in a Catholic high school private that was so misogynistic, so misogynistic, all sports, football gods, the opposite, basically. Yeah. And so I had to untrain myself out of so much of that um, bullshit, basically. It was crazy. But yeah. <laughs> I listened to your experience. I'm learning. Like, yeah, I'm learning that. Okay, let's talk about this body of yours. I have to bring it up because this is a <laughs> podcast. This is this is audio. I People know. can't see you. Yes. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna link in the show notes your Instagram so people can talk see what I'm talking about. But Cammy's always had this body, but she has like flourished into this body, and she has like super <laughs> tiny waist and like hips, booty, 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 yeah. booty. And so here's <laughs> here's here's my question. So it is 2023. I do speak to my agents, even though I'm not actively auditioning, and they do say that the amount of transition in our commercial industry and what casting directors are wanting because the audience wants something different. So now uh, transgender dancers are getting hired. Um, dancers who have different hairstyles, different colors of their hairstyles, all different colors of skin, all different body types. Uh, like the Lizotor, it's out now, I believe, and those dancers may not ever have or ever had jobs before they probably didn't they probably never had jobs before and now they're on huge contracts um also the dancers that work with paris paris global global how do we say her name yeah paris yeah she's yeah i i watch her videos all those dancers don't have bodies like the ones that were getting jobs back when i was in in the prime of my dance career yeah so do you feel like the timing just worked out or do you feel like you fought a lot of those stereotypes at the beginning of when you were trying to do this? Where does your business and stuff land in all this? Yeah, I think again, like I don't, I think this is why I've been blessed the way I have been with how things worked out is like, I never approached my work as a dancer, movement artist, or my work as a business owner as needing to fit into a certain mold. I never approached it that way. I just thought, okay, every step of the way, I'm just going to be me and create my own vortex from that and see what comes of it. Cause that's literally all I can do. Like, I can't, I can't sit here and be like, oh my gosh, let me try. Like it is in my genetics that my thighs are going to look like this and my butt is going to look like this. Like there is nothing that is going to change that maybe surgery, but like, I, there's just not like, that's something that's out of my control. So why am I going to spend energy trying to become something that isn't, uh, I'm just genuinely not when I can invest that energy into creating something that just maybe helps other people to see the beauty in themselves if they align with me. And I think through that mindset, I've just attracted a like-minded group of individuals who enjoys the work too and draws inspiration from it. I will say that I definitely, and this goes back to a larger discussion that we could talk about for hours on um, beauty standards, pop culture, even different cultural values in different uh, like countries and, and, and cultures, cultures around the world. I remember uh, there was this like Russian 
dance page that reposted one of my pole videos. And there's a style of pole dance that I am not a specialist in, but it exists. And it's like, you know, uh, some people call it exotic pole dance. There's other names for it too. Um, but it usually involves like the, 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 the prevalent body type in that is these beautiful, really tall, really skinny women wearing huge heels and their legs are miles long and they kick and it's very acrobatic and so beautiful. I don't look like that at all when I pole dance and I've, I've found my own way of dancing that like feels really good for me and that I love to share with others, but I'm just really different from that. But I think the owners of this page found my videos, saw that it was different, thought it was cool and then shared it. When they shared it, a lot of the comments were like, oh, this is so cool. I've never seen somebody with a body that looks like this, with this proportions move like this. And a lot of the comments were like, oh my gosh, who I had to translate them from Russian, but like the, the, the comments were like, who is, what is this pig dancing on a pole? The pole's going to break. How can she even what? hold herself up? Comments like that. And it just shows. And then you know, a, a similar page, maybe um, from like a Latin American culture will share my video and the comments will be like, this is so beautiful, pinnacle of beauty. What a perfect body. I want to look like this. So it just shows like I could be doing the same dance, the same moves, nothing changes. And simply because people have different cultural values and different belief systems, they're going to perceive it a different way. And I have no control over that. So that's okay. Then like, some of these people in Russia don't want to look at my pole dance and that's literally fine. Like <laughs> it's not for everybody. So I can't control that. And I, and I, and I can't control the beauty standards that change. I think, um, I mean, we look at the, the cultural influence, cultural influence of the Kardashians and their very curvaceous bodies that have been achieved through some plastic surgery and other augmentations like that has had a chokehold on the culture you have girls getting bbls left and right to achieve a certain aesthetic this might you know still be the cultural ideal for a while and it might change really soon so it doesn't really matter like to me at least because all i can do is just show up as myself so i'm like okay if god gave me this body then I'm not defined by my body, but this is the body I have. So I just have to do the best I can with it every single day. So for me, that means like, I'm going to find the art in it. I'm going to learn how to take beautiful portraits of myself. I'm going to compare myself and my shapes that I can make to things that I find stunning in nature. I'm going to learn pull moves that look really good on my body that maybe other people can't do, or that will just translate differently to my body because this is what I've been blessed with. So I feel like it's just accentuating what you have and doing the best with what you can with it, knowing that values shift, what pop culture values is always shifting and changing. So you just have to be yourself and the right people will always see that. It sounds so trite, but it's just like literally true. <laughs> I, I love it. And what is your business the way it is today? Like after the three years, like what classes do you have going on? Like what is... What is the monetized side of your Instagram? Yes. So I believe in full like transparency with, I think a lot of people like influencer types, whatever, will just pedal products left and right. And you don't know like what is actually coming from a genuine place and what is coming from a space of, I just want to make money through this. So like I, through my business, I launch courses with and it's not just me now it's like a team of amazing incredible instructors they're all women I admire so deeply and are such talented individuals and instructors and so multifaceted but together we launch three-week programs and we'll drop them like every month every other month they're thematic so they're usually based along like a spiritual theme in yoga so like this month we're working on the heart chakra so there's journaling prompts about like love and compassion and um, we're working on back bends and heart opening. So anything that has to do with like, back flexibility and opening up this way. Uh, so we offer like a couple classes every single day and there's different tiers of enrollment. So, you know, we have a couple hundred people signing up every month to just do those courses. And then outside of that, I'll also do pop-up workshops in cities that I'm traveling to. So, so far we've done Los Angeles, Toronto, London, Paris, Berlin, gonna do New York City next week. So we travel, do pop-up workshops. 
Uh, also in 2023 and 2024, we're launching some international retreats. So we have Bali, Thailand. The next one that's happening is Tulum and then probably one after that too. So those are on deck for next year. And then, yeah, and then just some other like larger now because we have a really active community that's like in, more invested in what we're doing and we are able to have some more like brand partnerships and activations, which I can't speak too much on yet, but those are coming too. So it's, it's busy time right now. I feel like uh, I'm like, oh, this is like really a real thing. Like it's not just something that I started in my room in the pandemic, but it's definitely something that I'm working on building. So yeah, that's it. So that's mainly how I make income that I can support myself with and then also my team of instructors and then also save some money so that one day I maybe open a space have a studio of my own and then of course like just creating uh content on Instagram I think is a great way to monetize things that you already love doing um Instagram and TikTok. So like I, again, everyone approaches this differently. I love creating content. I love creating visuals. I love just getting creative. So I love being able to like partner with brands. Like let's say they're launching a new activewear collection and they want to create some really cool visuals. I'm so happy to create a really cool inspiring pole dance wearing something and be able to share my talents and creativity in exchange for money to help support myself and invest, grow back in my business. So that is like really one of the benefits of, I feel like growing your social media and using it as a platform to like feedback into yourself and your talents. Like it, you can choose intentionally who you want to work with and what it represents and if it aligns with you. And if it does, it's just like a great extra source of income, brand partnerships, collaborations, is a lot. Oh my. A lot yeah. I think it's, so it's an exciting time. Yeah. What, like when you, like how much work is this a day? It's so funny. Like it, it doesn't even feel like work to me because I feel like all these things that I'm doing now are actually things. Yeah. That I used to just do for fun because I genuinely really loved it. Like teaching yoga, uh, editing photos, like editing videos like I used to just literally like color grading pictures like I used to just do it for fun because it brought me satisfaction so it doesn't I, I don't even I feel like I've really I'm so blessed to be able to say this but I've really blurred the line between work and play that I don't I don't even know what is work anymore and I'm so blessed to be able to say that um but it can be like all day I mean if I look at my google calendar every day it's like, okay, for example, I could block off three hours for training. I could call that work, but like, that doesn't even feel like work to me. That is just like, so fun to me. But at the end of the day, okay, that is really work. Like if I'm a professional dancer, then like going to the studio for three hours yeah. and training, that's work. So is it a nine to five? No, some days it's like a 24 seven, but like, it doesn't, it doesn't really feel like that. I feel so I, I Tammy, you were highlighted by Forbes in an article, were you not? Is this something yes. that is real in my mind? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. I was in Forbes. <laughs> <laughs> I will so link crazy. that story. I know. No, I, you know, like my brain, again, I don't remember anything from this week, but I can remember that. <laughs> and then you're also working with Nike on something. Yes. Yeah. So I think again like it's so funny to think like oh I used to have like an agent and all this stuff because I mean now I actually this past week I actually signed with like proper management in like a completely different way but it's so weird because I, I feel like now this management I have is like something that I really am excited about but it took me this roundabout way to get to this place but yeah so like um I think for the the Nike I've worked with them a, a couple times and I think it just comes from being yourself and just I think at the end of the day even if I don't know it was never my goal to be like I want to work with big brands and like I, I was never really set out and like that was never my goal I think I just would show up in the world as me and then once you show up as yourself you I, I really think you become a magnet for other people see that get inspired by it and you can magnetize great opportunities I was listening to this um podcast Rick Rubin was speaking on a podcast and he was talking about your creativity 
and your ability to create opportunities for yourself or just create literally new creations. And um, he was talking about how it's important to keep your mind really clear and your conscious really clear because as a human navigating through the world, you're just like an antenna and you have the capacity to have be this antenna like attracting great creative ideas or attracting great opportunities but you have to like create space for yourself and if you are busy thinking about like oh my god I need to be skinnier I need to dance better I need to blah 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 if you're just like clouding your brain with things that you're feel like you're lacking you're not going to create space to be an antenna for what you really desire so I think I just try and think that as much as possible like don't operate from a place of what I think I should be doing, just do what I actually enjoy doing. And then through that, everything kind of flows in. I yeah. love it. And I love that we did. Th- I love that we did this. I saw you on Friday and I was like, oh, Cammy, Cammy, yeah. I got to get her on here and you're going to be out of town next week. So you're like, let's do it. Let's do it. And then we're doing it. And yeah. um, I'm really, I'm really, um, oh, I love seeing you thrive in life I love seeing my it's weird because I'm not it's like I'm not a parent but I'm like I'm a but parent you, to her but it, I've got that are, though. thing going on with so many of you guys so many of my arrow babies and I love seeing you guys um you want some more English muffin she's been <laughs> asking me for more breakfast this entire time so oh we're gonna go get more we're gonna get more breakfast but I love seeing my arrow babies flourish in the world and uh, oh. also, you guys are going to turn around, hopefully, and help me with social media when I get really a lot older. Oh, my God. Whenever because... you need help, Carrie, I got you. <laughs> All right. So, Cammie, uh, thank you. Thanks for having me, Carrie. Thanks for inspiring me to even start this journey in the first place. Because if I hadn't taken, if I literally hadn't taken with you that summer when I was 18, I'd just home board. Like, I wouldn't be here. So, yeah. Well, a lot of things happen between now and then, but I'm really glad that you did come. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much to Cammy for being here. I love watching you grow and thrive over the years. It has been so fun to watch and so traumatizing even for me to watch you go through that pandemic and having to change careers. So, uh, so proud of you for everything you've done since then and excited to see what you do in the future. My friends, June 24th, 25th is our teacher training. I am so excited to share with you guys for the first time how I teach. I know you guys experience it as student and teacher, but it's just different if I'm teaching you how to, you know, how to use these, the skill set to teach others. So super excited about that. Um, and digital network. Uh, So excited to be a part of such an amazing wellness network. If you want to listen to Greener Grass, it is way more broad. We talk about everything and anything that comes to mind that we think is important for you guys to to be exposed to and listen to. So please check out me and uh, Kelly McVeigh there, my co-host. And uh, yeah, really appreciate you guys. Please honor me with a five-star rating and a review. It makes the most difference uh we are a slave to the algorithm and so have an amazing week i'll see you guys next time over and out this is carrie and this is expected